previously in Dark Places. We finally decided we had enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, the time is now. At this moment, he let loose a monster from his subconscious. He constantly talked about how he was going to die when he turned 18. A couple weeks before his 19th birthday, Ed said, See, we told you so. You didn't die. Within the next day or so, Bill was playing around on a truck near their house. He slipped off the bar and landed right on top of his head. Broke his neck and he died in the hospital a couple days later. Welcome to the big show. This is episode 17, Appalachian Dogman Encounters, part two. Tracy Rousey is on assignment this week. If you've had a sighting and you'd like to be a guest on our show, send an email to indartplacespod at hotmail.com. Here's a couple of items in the news this week. This is from the Adirondack Daily Enterprise up in New York. Is a Bigfoot roaming the woods of St. Lawrence County? Messina, New York. In 2020, New Yorkers reported 113 Bigfoot sightings, according to Microsoft News. For some North Country residents, Bigfoot are believed to be residing in their backyards. Messina resident Michael Gilman was driving home on County Route 37 at about 11.30 p.m. on June 20th when he spotted what he believes to be a Sasquatch. Something bipedal ran across the road within 50 feet of my car. This thing was extremely fast, Gilman said. I was going 60 across the road from right to left in less than a second. It was not a deer. I've seen plenty of deer. This thing was brown or gray, shaggy, and had arms and legs that moved in a circular motion. Gilman posted on Facebook about his sighting the same night, causing a slew of stories from other people within the area having the same experiences. I lived there in 2011, and I started walking my dog outside at night at 8.30. Eric Lazan said, The woods at the back of my house went on for miles and miles. I was out there a couple nights, and I kept hearing a loud screaming noise. Sounded like nothing I have ever heard before in my life. Sounds like a mix between an elephant and a bear. It goes right through you. It's deafening. Lazan lived at his Louisville home from 2011 to 2015. And he noted before he lived at the home, he was not a Bigfoot believer. The summer of 2013 was when it all started getting really bad, Lazan said. Every night, I would have company over, and every time we were outside, we would hear something screaming. One day, I came home from work at 8 a.m., and my neighbors were all outside. While I was at work, one of them ran through my yard and destroyed my birdhouse. There was big footprints through my whole yard and hair stuck in my fence. After recurring the incidents, Lazan contacted Dean Gleason, director of Seaway Valley Bigfoot research to do a week-long investigation. The DEC came with him, and they all went back into the woods around 3 a.m., Lazan said. They were doing tree knocks, and the thing was doing tree knocks back. One of them threw a rock into the brush, and a minute later, something threw the rock back at them and let out a huge roar. 
Gleason began Seaway Valley Bigfoot research for people to report sightings and experiences they have had. I've been doing Bigfoot research for quite a number of years, Gleason said. I've had six sightings in this area. I used to have a Sasquatch sticker on my Jeep, and I had 40 to 50 people come up to me throughout the community and tell me their stories. A lot of people think Bigfoot research is a big joke. People laugh at me. Some of my own family doesn't even believe me. After 10 years of research, Gleason believes that animals are harmless unless provoked. I don't want any of them to get hurt or people trying to find them or mess with them, Gleason said. I really feel like they don't bother people unless they're provoked. I've only ever had one get aggressive with me. I've been in the woods with a lot of them, and they've always left me alone. The United States has a lot of habitat for them, Gleason added. They're a worldwide phenomenon. Every country has a belief in an animal like this. There's a lot of credible evidence, and as DNA technology advances, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Bigfoot film Crossing River in Michigan from July 13th, 2021. An intriguing piece of footage from Michigan shows a rather sizable creature in the process of crossing a river, and some suspect that the strange beast could be Bigfoot. A group known as the Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization received the wild report earlier this month from an individual named Eddie, who claimed that their cousin spotted the strange scene while kayaking on the Cass River. The man initially provided them with a remarkable photo that appears to capture a bipedal creature crossing the river while seemingly holding something in his arms. Fortunately, Eddie subsequently shared a brief video of the eerie encounter, which provides a somewhat better glimpse of the oddity. Although admittedly difficult to decipher, as all potential Sasquatch photos seem to be, some have theorized that the witness captured footage of an adult Bigfoot holding either a juvenile version of the creature or perhaps a deer as it makes its way across the Cass River. As one might imagine, more skeptical observers have argued that the Sasquatch is merely a hunter, or perhaps the whole scene is a clever hoax. Should that latter scenario be the case, one would almost have to salute the creators of the fake material, since it would have required someone to don a Sasquatch costume and venture out into the river. And I will put a link for the video in the description. And now, let's get into some Appalachian Dogman Encounters. This is in Walker County, Alabama. In 1969, I was nine years old and lived about a half a mile down the road from an old church and cemetery. There were two other old houses there no one lived in. There were strange things happening quite often around where we lived back then. I remember one of the strange things that happened very well. My dad worked evenings from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., just three miles down the road from our house. My mom, sister, and I had just gone to bed when we started to hear a bumping sound on the back of the house. My sister and I ran from the bedroom that we shared in the back of the house to the front of the house where mom and dad's bedroom was. My sister and I were scared, so mom let us sleep with her until dad came home at 11 that night. Our bedroom had two windows side by side on the front of the house, above the porch. You could see through the curtains at night due to the street light out front. We were lying there after not hearing any more noise when 
all of a sudden, we heard something on the front porch. Mom saw it first and sat up in the bed. That made my sister and I notice her staring out the window. When we turned our gaze from our mom to the window, we saw what looked like a very large dog on the front porch. It was walking to the front door upright with back legs. When it reached the front door, it shook violently. It was as tall as the door. We could see it scratching at the screen door with its front paws. It remained there for what seemed like 15 minutes, but it was probably only a minute or two. Mom didn't say a word for the first minute or two. She just shushed us until it turned and walked about 10 feet to the steps on its back legs. Just before it reached the steps, it went down on all four legs. Mom told us to go back to sleep, and we eventually did. I don't remember her telling my dad, but I do remember this well. It was six to six and a half feet tall while standing upright on his back legs. You could see all of his facial features, its ears, snout, and its head. Those features made it resemble a German shepherd. We hadn't seen anything that looked or acted like that thing in the area before that night. A lot of strange things happened there. I can't say it was a dog man, but it did walk on its back legs for several feet. Another time, when I was young, my sister, who I shared the back bedroom with at the time, was at our grandma's house spending the night. I had gone to bed, but wasn't asleep yet. Mom had my bedroom window open so air could get in it. It was hot that night. The back of our house was high off the ground. Consequently, the bottom of my bedroom window was eight feet off the ground. I had been lying there on my back when I rolled over onto my stomach toward the window. My foot went off the bed on the window side and wound up being only a few inches from the window. All of a sudden, something touched my foot. I don't remember if it grabbed my foot or what, but the screen ripped and the curtain fell. And I scrambled off the bed and out of my bedroom into the living room where mom was. She had heard the commotion and saw that I was frightened. She asked me what was wrong, so I told her what had happened. She went into my bedroom and saw the hole in the screen and that the curtain was down. She also saw how it was hanging halfway out the window. She didn't know what to think, so she called Dad home from work. He came home to check it out and walked around the house before coming in. He said he hadn't seen anything. At first, he didn't believe Mom. It wasn't until he saw that the curtain was hanging out of the window that he believed her. He couldn't figure it out. We didn't have any problems with prowlers. At first, they thought I had stuck my foot through the screen. I don't think that's what happened because I wasn't sleeping yet. I just couldn't have done that. This story comes from Athens County, Ohio. And it doesn't have a date. My girlfriend and I were driving down a remote country road in the early summertime late one evening. She was the one driving. I was in the passenger seat. The sun was setting behind us. We had just come around a curve when two does jumped out onto the road in front of us. They acted like we weren't even there. They seemed to be focused on something else. So she jammed on the brakes and brought the car to a stop. I told her, man, that was close. And that's when I looked up into the rear view mirror to see if any more deer were coming. When I did that, in the red glow of the car's taillights, I saw something take a big step into the road from the brush 
that was on the side of the road. Whatever it was landed on its right leg when it did that. Looking at it in the rearview mirror, I could see it from its mid thigh up to its stomach. In one motion, it then took another step forward and put what looked to be a hand down on the trunk of the car to apparently balance itself. When I saw that, I turned to look at my girlfriend. She was wide-eyed, her mouth was wide open, and she was white as a ghost. I could also see that her eyes were tearing up. So I looked back, but by that time, it had already gone across the road. In an attempt to get a better look at the thing, I opened my door and got out of the car. When I looked, I could see that it was going down the embankment that was on the side of the road. Because of the brush, I could only see it from the armpits up. It was at least seven feet tall and had very wide shoulders. His shoulders were at least one and a half times as wide as my shoulders. And I've got wide shoulders for a guy. I don't know. <laughs> From the last bit of daylight left, I could see that it was black or dark brown in color, and it had pointed ears on top of its head like a dog. Its ears weren't overly wide or fuzzy. Its head was kind of dome-shaped, more or less, with flat sides. It acted like we weren't even there, and it seemed to remain focused on the deer. I was thinking, what in the world is this thing? It looked like some kind of werewolf or wolfman to me. It was way too big to be a person. Through that whole ordeal, I never did get a chance to see its face. In the area where we saw that thing, people have reported being paced in their vehicles going down the road by creatures that look like what we saw. No date on that one, so I don't know when it was. This one is from Jefferson County, Ohio, and it's from 2018 and 2020, whatever that means. We shall soon find out. My son and I watched what we thought was a black panther for five minutes, every bit of seven feet long. Suddenly, it sat down and began to watch us. This all happened in a large hayfield. Next encounter, which would be 2020, I suppose. I never carry a gun in the woods, but this day I did. I was snake hunting one summer afternoon when something growled at me. I'm a naturalist, and I knew right away nothing in these woods has a growl like that. I raised my gun because I was startled, and I took two steps back. The creature growled again, and this time... I lost all my strength. My whole body turned to jelly, and I accepted my fate. I didn't have enough strength to hold on to my gun. I backed my way out and was very grateful it spared my life. Thinking it was a Sasquatch, I returned numerous times with gifts and apologies. This winter in 2020, I made my way back up there again. I walked upon a creature and I saw kneel down and tuck its head and limbs close to its body. It stood so still. I lifted my phone to take a picture, 
and I could see the fear and discomfort in this animal when I pointed my phone at it, almost like it would cringe and cower. I got numerous photos of what I thought was a small Sasquatch, until I blew up the photos and realized this creature had pointed ears. My best description of this animal would be a large bipedal wolverine. I no longer point objects at them. This creature let me live twice, even after pulling a gun on it. I do not believe these creatures are here to harm us. At least, not this one. It had me dead to rights twice. For some strange reason, the pictures that the witness mentioned are not attached to the report. So I guess we'll just have to use our imagination on that one. This one is from Preston County, West Virginia in 1995. I was coming home from Taekwondo class in Morgantown, West Virginia. Just outside Masontown, this big dog-like thing jumped off the cliff on the driver's side of the road. I hit my brakes and came to a halt. Stood there in the middle of the road. His teeth were bared in a snarl. I thought it was going to attack. Just then, a car came from the opposite direction. The car came to a stop, and the thing jumped from the middle of the road over the embankment. So that was back in 1995. This one is from Washington County, Pennsylvania. In November 1987, I was hunting during doe season in the woods. I parked my truck on a side road in Washington County, but it was right on the border near Greene County. Anyway, I was in a tree stand looking for deer and I heard lots of rustling leaves near me. I then saw this wolf-like thing running on its hind legs. It stopped for a moment, sniffed the air, and then ran off. I sat in a tree stand for hours till the sun was high in the sky. And then I cautiously returned to my truck. I gave up hunting after this experience. This one is in Tioga County, New York, in the fall of 2000. It was later in the evening when I was driving back to my in-law's house by myself and was going down a dirt road. I saw something in the ditch up ahead and on the right. I didn't really know what it was until I got up far enough so that my headlights could catch it. I didn't know anything about dogmen until a couple years ago. This thing had an outline of a huge dog, but when I got closer, it turned and looked at me. I just floored it. It didn't really bother me until I noticed it looking at me, and I saw that it was actually grasping what it was eating. I got back and didn't say exactly what I saw. I just asked them if there were any big dogs or wolves up where they lived. My father-in-law just laughed and said, no. And then he asked, why? I didn't say anything. The thing I will never forget are the reddish orange eyes that just kept staring at me. Here's one from Hamilton County, Tennessee. Date unknown. Laugh at me. I really don't care. I don't know what I saw. It looked like a cross between a guy and a wolf. I kid you not. I was on my way home from work. I was 
maybe 10 minutes from the house, coming up a big hill. I suddenly got the strangest feeling, so I slowed down, thinking a deer was going to come out of the woods or something. It just felt like I was being watched or followed. There were no cars in front of me or behind me. I got to the top of the hill and slammed on my brakes, because as soon as I got to the top of the hill, this huge, black, hairy thing came bounding across the road. It was so big, when it ran, its back arched up. Kind of like a cheetah, but only a lot more than that. I know that if it would have stood up, it would have been well over six feet tall, maybe taller. I also know another car saw it too, because when I hit the brakes, another car turned onto the road and slammed on their brakes too. We both just sat there for a few minutes. Not really safe considering, I know, but I was in shock. I truly have no idea what it was that I saw. It was not a dog or a horse. Dogs do not get that big or arch their backs like this thing did when it was running. The arms, legs, whatever it had, were so long. It was having to throw them out to the side. Think of a crab walk. Just to run. And the appendages it had were just as big as well. It ran from one side of the woods to the other, nonstop, like it was either going after something or running away from something. I honestly have no idea what it was that I saw. Don't care if you laugh at me, I know what I saw. Here's one from Jefferson County, Tennessee, in 2012. I'd like to tell you about the encounter my son had, maybe four years ago. He told me about it then, but I had no clue. Now, we have dogman encounters, and I now know. Here's what happened. Son's friend was driving home at 11 p.m. through a rural residential area. Houses are spaced some distance apart. They were on a two-lane highway with no streetlights and very little traffic. The area is not overly wooded. It has some patches of trees and fields. This area would probably be included in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Anyway, they were driving along when suddenly, on the right side of the road, this thing sprang out and was across the road and into the bushes on the other side, in two leaps or bounds or steps or however you want to say. It was in full view because of their headlights. My son said the first thing he thought was dog. He went on to say that it was running on all fours like a deer. He said it was the color of a deer with a huge dog head, massive shoulders, and a really small waist. He kept repeating how big it was. So I asked for a comparison. I asked if he meant huge like maybe a big deer, or was it maybe as tall as a cow? He answered, and I can quote his answer. Mom, this thing was massive. If we had hit it, the car would have gone underneath it, and its body would have hit the windshield. I don't remember what kind of car it was, but it was about the size and shape of one of those older Sentras. He said that neither he or his friend said anything for about 10 seconds, and then his friend yelled, Did you see that? My son said yes, and they didn't say another word the rest of the way. And that's it. It's really creepy to me. So that was in Jefferson County, Tennessee in 2012. This one is from Knox County, Tennessee, June 2015. My father and I were driving late at night near a wooded area. No cars or houses were nearby. My father and I both noticed an eight-foot-tall creature in the woods. It had a wolf-like face. Its eyes were huge and glowing. It had the body of a man, and it was black. It was standing like a human would. It made eye contact with us, 
and then ran extremely fast into the wooded area. My dad and I called it Catman. We would make jokes about it from time to time. We would try to tell other people about our encounter, and they just laughed at us. This one is from Broome County, New York, on April 22nd, 2016. My husband listens to your podcast regularly. And by the way, this website where I'm getting these stories from is dogmanencounters.com. And that is another podcast, Dogman Encounters. So be sure to check that out and show them some love. My husband listens to your podcast regularly. And until a couple days ago, I thought he was nuts. While my encounter was not as up close and personal as many of your guests, it was nonetheless terrifying to me. I feel it has forever changed me in the way that I view the world. I had just arrived home a few minutes after dusk after visiting my parents. Our location is rural, but we do have a few neighbors within shouting distance of us. We have 33 acres of mixed forests and fields with lots of thick brush consisting mostly of briars. I have my two young children with me in the Jeep, ages 2 and 11 months, when I pulled into the driveway that night. My husband was working late with an emergency case. It was near fully dark when I arrived home. As soon as I stepped from my vehicle, I felt creeped out. It felt different outside. We have lots of peepers and crickets that would normally be making a lot of noise. Even the birds are usually chirping until an hour before past dark. This time there was not a sound. It was very warm that evening, so the peepers should have been in full course. And I don't know what peepers are. If anyone out there knows what a peeper is, let me know. Because of my uneasy feeling, I was rushing to get the kids in the house at the same time. I did not want to leave RJ in the car alone for a minute, as I routinely do. He and our older daughter, who was asleep, are normally too heavy for me to carry together at the same time. That night, though, I grabbed both of them, one in each arm, after finding my keys to the front door and carried them both. Usually, I would use the auto garage door. However, the opener did not work. When I reached the front door at the top of the stairs and got situated on the front porch, I put down Angelina in order to open the front door. As soon as I turned my attention back to the front door, it happened. Somewhere to my left came a sound that will forever be seared into my memory. It started low and slowly increased to a moderately loud growl. It was deep-toned and very guttural and was angry slash hateful in character. It was nothing like anything I had ever heard before, but it did sound canine in origin, especially after spending an hour listening to various animal growls. The growl continued for approximately 10 seconds. I was so terrified. I was fumbling with the keys. It really felt like I was dropped into an 80s horror film. I really did think I was going to die. I'm sure any second, the thing making this sound is going to pounce upon me and the kids and eat us right on the spot. The growl sounded as though the creature was standing just off to my left. 
I refused to look out of fear of what I would see. It sounded so close and at or even above eye level with me. My porch extends another five feet to the left and then off the porch is the front of the house. There's 35 yards of grass to the edge of the tree line and there's a field with two foot tall grass opposite that. There's also a small shed between our porch and the tree line. Standing on the front porch from my head to the ground is approximately nine feet. So I assume it was standing near the corner of the house. I had never been so afraid until a few moments later when it actually spoke to me. As the growl continued, it seemed to melt into audible words spoken in a very deep and gruff tone that seemed to have a rough sort of reverberation quality to them. What I heard as clear as day was, You can't get in. <laughs> the only word that I'm unsure of was the first, you. As the sound of growl transitioned to English words and sounded more like, hey. Now I was hysterical, dropping the keys. Finally, I got the right one in, got the door open and got in. I had to kick my daughter through the door, regretfully. Wow. <laughs> Strangely, she seemed oblivious to what had just transpired as if she didn't hear it. I slammed the door shut and never looked. I didn't hear anything else that night. I called my husband and his friend to let them know what happened. So I never did actually see what terrorized me because I couldn't look. I've had two days to think about this encounter and talk with my husband who has listened to every episode of Dogman Encounters. I'm fairly certain that this was what was growling at me. The sound was not human and seemed like it was amped or mic'd up because it seemed so powerful. Not that it was a loud growl, but it seemed unnatural. Also, the height seemed to emanate from the silence that preceded it led me to that conclusion. My husband agrees because the entire week he too has been on edge. We have lived here for a year and all seemed normal until this week. Our cat, which is an indoor cat, got out accidentally and has vanished without a trace. She has gotten out before and just stood around until we got her back in the house. Also, my husband said Tuesday night he experienced a silence outside and it really unnerved him too. He says he has never experienced anything so eerie. On Wednesday, he took our dog up into the woods to look for our cat. It felt very uneasy. He said the dog kept tucking his tail and turning around wanting to go home. It's not like our dog or my husband to feel uneasy in the woods because both of them love the outdoors and are very comfortable in nature. On Thursday at dusk, it took the dog around the back lot and says something took off from the thickets at a sprint and came crashing through the woods down the hill toward him. He always carries a sidearm when he is out and normally not afraid of anything. But he actually turned and ran back up toward the house. Whatever was charging stopped seconds after he stopped and did not make another sound. He was very concerned when he came in, stating that he knows what big game sounds like and that this was just not right. Even he was surprised 
that he ran from the sound. The following day was when my encounter happened. After talking about all these events with my husband, we were concerned that there is a dogman in the area. My husband listened to episodes 90 and 91 and is so worried that this thing has decided to stalk one or both of our kids. My husband said that based on those episodes, it sounded like the dogman plans ahead when snatching kids, and he thinks it may have been scouting the area with plans to do just that. He said it was doing that or that it was waiting for me to leave one of the kids in the Jeep for a minute. Either way, none of this is good. The main reason why I wanted to submit this was because it seems very unique in that it spoke to me. It wasn't the words, but the feeling it gave me that disturbed me the most. It was as if it was trying to give me the impression that I was nothing and that I was weak and just food. I got the impression that it was saying, can't get in, like, haha, you're mine. It's hard to explain because it seemed like it was conveying its frame of mind and that it was, for lack of a better description, making fun of me in a very cruel way. I really want to know if you have ever heard of one of these monsters actually speaking. My husband and I really want to believe that our conclusions are wrong, but Instinct and your show have us highly convinced that in fact it was a dogman. I've heard some reports of those dogmen that kind of talk in that same manner like she said. I can't remember exactly when or where, but I've heard that on the podcast before, that they do tend to talk. Kind of creepy. Here's one from Fannin County, Georgia in 2008 or 2009. My wife and I had fallen on hard times and were living with her mom and her husband on Caldwell Road. I grew up just about two miles from there. I always loved going into the woods and still do today. The Cahuta National Forest was my playground growing up. It was not unheard of for me to disappear for a few days in the woods. On the day in question, my wife, her mother, and I went shopping. We were coming home on Highway 2. We were in my dad's F-150 with a brush guard on the front. It was very dark and foggy that night with Jack's River on our left about 10 yards off the road. We were about 250 yards from Caldwell and there was a very sharp curve to the right. When I took that curve, there was something in the road. It was on all fours. I had no choice but to hit it. When we connected, the truck went completely over it. We felt it go thunk over the animal. I stopped to make sure the animal was dead. I did not want it to suffer and to check the truck. The truck was okay. When I looked at the cherisher, it was strange. So I got back in the truck, turned it around. So I would have headlights to see from. This was the dramatiest thing I ever seen. It was black, but not a regular black. It was like it absorbed the light, like no light going past it. And I still couldn't make out the animal. When I was about to make out by Phil, it was about the size of a young bear, maybe 200 to 250 pounds. It was clearly dead. The head was twisted back. I believe that the tire went over its neck and broke its neck. 
and the eyes were blue, but glassily, the way the eyes turn when something is dead. It had long curved claws, teeth all curved back, and nodal sharp. I did not want to freak out the girls, so we went home about a mile and a half to two miles from there. The next morning, I grabbed my 3030 and my 357 to go take a look. It was gone. I mean, nothing there. No blood, no fur, but there was an impression in the grass where it was last night. Looked like something big came along. The car eyed it off into the woods. I could see where something walked into the woods. So I went back to the truck and I got my trekking bag. It just had a tarp, wool blanket, two quarts of water, and a little bit of food. Just enough stuff to make a night or two in the woods. Just a camping trip, not a survival situation. I headed into the woods to track whatever this thing was. Never saw a clear track, just signs. A broken stick here, leaves turned over, rocks that were disturbed from their bed, and that kind of stuff. I tracked it about two miles to a field, about a half of a football field in size. Right to the middle of that field, and all signs disappeared. I went over that field and around its perimeter. There was no sign of it coming out of the field, just going in. That stumped me, so I gave up and started back to the truck. When I got to the edge of the field, I got a very bad feeling in my gut. I can't explain it any other way. It was so bad that it almost doubled me over. After a short while of collecting myself, I tried to head back to the truck again, but it was the same thing. I know about where it was in comparison to the roads in the area. So I headed in the opposite direction toward a friend's house about five miles away. I finally got out of the woods just before dark. I told my friend about what happened, and he told me to never go to that field again. It was supposed to be cursed ground or a place of witches and dark magic, and that people had gone missing after going to that field. I don't know what I saw that night. I don't know if the legend of the field is true. I do believe that there is something strange in the woods. The woods are a part of me, and I can never stay out of the woods. I'm not afraid of anything in the woods. I would just want to be careful around one of these things, like I would around a bear. This was in the summer of either 2008 or 2009. This one is from Stokes County, North Carolina in June of 2019. I don't know what I saw, but I hope I never see it again. The dogs were raising cane one night, so I grabbed a flashlight and went to check things out. I walked to the top of my driveway to get a view of the kennels. I didn't see anything around, so I started counting sets of eyes. I have five dogs and I counted six sets of eyes. I thought, that can't be right. So I counted again. This time, there were only five. I turned to walk back to the house and just looked back one more time and I saw a set of orange eyes, even with the height of the kennels. I thought maybe one of the dogs was on top of his house. I walked toward the kennels to get a closer look and the eyes disappeared. I thought that was strange, but shook it off and came back to the house. Later that night, around 2.30 a.m., I stepped outside to smoke. I usually go out back because my back deck is 15 feet up in the air, and I don't like the dark too much. Everything was quiet. No dogs barking or traffic coming up the road. That's when I heard the sound of twigs snapping down around the tractor shed. I thought maybe it was a deer. I decided to get the flashlight and my gun and go check things out. It scares me talking about it. I live in a country 
and we do have bears, coyotes, and all kinds of wildlife. I tried to sneak out and investigate and see what it was. I got about 30 feet from the tractor shed when I saw it. I froze. It looked like one of those long-haired black German shepherds, but it was standing and walking upright. Its head was even with the top of the post holding up the shed. My mind was still trying to process what I was looking at. And then it dropped to all fours and started coming towards me. And I swear it was smiling at me, but not in a friendly way. More like the Little Red Riding Hood story. I raised my gun and shot towards it. And it was gone just like that. All I saw was orange fire from the blast of my gun. And my butt was running. I was going so fast my body couldn't keep up with my feet. I tried to wake my husband up, but he blew me off. Said I was acting like a raving maniac. I was terrified. When it got light that morning, we went to check things out. Something had torn the wood off the bottom of the kennels, and there were deep claw marks all over the ground. We put up a trail cam, but never got any pictures of it. Try not to go outside much after dark unless we have a lot of folks around. I thought maybe it could have been a skinwalker or something because after that, every time I turned around, the TV was talking about skinwalkers. I ran across your site and it may have been a dog man. I know my grandkids are scared to stay here. I try to play it off as a dog so as not to scare them. But they think there's a werewolf in the woods. Ha ha, funny. Not funny for me. And I've heard that too, that uh, people get close enough to see a dog man up close, that they'll have like a grin on their face. Just like a really creepy smile. Don't know if that's just like the way their mouths are built or whatever. But I've heard, heard that before. It's pretty common. This one is in Habersham County. Georgia in September 2015. I was driving home for an event with my fiance. It was already dark out and was raining. When we hit the road this night, I myself was driving and my fiance was in the passenger seat. We had been driving about 15 minutes at most. When we got to a part of the road where I had noticed a rather large figure in the opposite lane of the two-way road we were on. It seemed to be on all fours and was grayish in color. It was very quick, which was startling. Given the conditions, I asked my fiance if she had seen it, and she said yes, but seemed spooked about it. I wanted to stop, but couldn't because there was another car about 100 feet behind us. I also didn't look back because I wanted to stay focused on the road because of the poor conditions and the fact that we were in an area we had never been in until that night. I truly don't think it was a cow. From what I saw, even with the fleeting glimpse I had of it, its hair was more canine-like than anything, I would have to conclude that it was a dogman or a Bigfoot. Definitely wish I would have been able to get a longer look at it during the daytime. It was within feet of my door, but because it happened so quickly, the fact that I kept my focus on the road instead of turning back to look at it, I didn't see it clearly. And that's pretty much my encounter from September of 2015. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've seen a dogman or a UFO or Bigfoot or anything like that, like to be a guest on our show, send an email to indarkplacespod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you again next week. God bless you.